You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Disciples wake him and say, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? He gets up, wakes up, speaks to the wind, speaks to the waves. Says their hearts were hardened. They had not understood about the loaves. What does that mean? Just before this experience, he had multiplied bread and fish and fed thousands. Their hearts were hard. They didn't understand about the loaves. What does that mean? You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about the storms. I'll take care of you. I love you. Is it hard for you to see the Lord right now within the circumstances of your life? In today's message from Pastor Danny, he reveals that oftentimes the disciples of Jesus felt this way too. They would have storms come in their life, which made it hard to see the sovereignty of God. Pastor Danny encourages you to focus your eyes back on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He cares for you. He sees you and he knows what you're going through. Most importantly, he is with you. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. God never prepared damnation for man. And he's done everything he can do that nobody has to go there. The same as he did in the judgment of Noah's day, the ark was big enough for every single person living in that time to get in the ark. They just made the wrong decision. Only eight people made the right decision. And then he says to the lost, for I was hungry, you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. Verse 46 is sobering. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There are some teachings out here that say, oh yeah, God's going to judge, but in the judgment of the unbeliever, the one who is not saved, they just kind of get burned up and they're no more. There's no more consciousness. That's not what the Bible says. It's the contrast of eternal life and eternal punishment. Again, I have a hard time coming to grips with that, but that's what it says. That's what it says. Now, that's pretty heavy. So let me tell you this little story. On the outskirts of a small town, there was a huge pecan tree. In my old South Carolina vernacular, it was a pecan tree. And it still gets interchanged depending on what day it is and what happens with my tongue. There's a huge pecan tree just inside the cemetery fence. One day, two guys filled up a bucket with nuts and sat down by the tree out of sight and began dividing them. One for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. Some of the pecan nuts rolled down toward the fence. A boy came riding along on his bicycle, and as he passed, he heard voices inside the cemetery, so he slowed down to investigate. And here's what he heard. One for you, one for me, one for you. One for me. And he just knew 
instinctively what it was. So he quickly hopped on his bike and he rode off as fast as he could. He rounded a corner. He was met by an old man with a cane hobbling along. He stopped and he said to the man, you won't believe what I heard down by the cemetery. Satan and the Lord are down there dividing up the souls. The man then hobbled along, following the boy to the cemetery. When they arrived, they stood by the fence, and sure enough, they both heard, one for you, one for me. The old man whispered to the boy, boy, you were telling the truth. Now let's see if we can get a peek at the Lord. And as they tried to peer through the fence, they could still see nothing. Then all of a sudden, they heard, one for you, one for me. That's all. Now let's go get those nuts down by the fence and we'll be done. <laughs> they say the old man made it back to town a full five minutes ahead of the boy on the bike. <laughs> that lightened things up a little bit, didn't it? One of the main reasons people are afraid to die is fear of judgment. Hebrews 2.14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I used to be afraid to die. It didn't happen every time, but it happened on a number of occasions. I'd be in the car, I'd be partying on my way to the party if you know what I mean. Had the eight track in. If you don't know what that is, come afterwards. We'll explain it to you. <laughs> it's how we played music in those days. And I had the Doobie Brothers or ZZ Top in, you know. And all of a sudden, I'd get this thought as I'm partying on my way to the party. And I knew about Jesus Christ. And I knew that if I died that night, I was lost. I knew it. And I was afraid. You know, you know, what, you know what I did in those times? I turned ZZ Top up louder. Interesting verse, 2 Peter 3, verse 5. They deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. But these waters, by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed, Noah. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. I knew that was true, but I, didn't, I, wanted to, I wanted as much as possible to get that out of my mind. I wanted to forget about that. I wanted to party. But then on those occasions where I, I really thought about it, and I thought, if I die, if I die now, if I die today, I'll never get another chance. There is no such thing as purgatory. I don't know if that offends anybody. I'm just telling you, there's no, there is no halfway house between here and hell that you can get out of. It's just not true. It's not true. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. But here's the good news. We don't have to fear future judgment. Oh, let me read you some tremendous, tremendous scriptures. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. Now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference for all of sin. And fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate, demonstrate his justice. He judged Jesus so we wouldn't have to be judged. Because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did this to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just 
and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Fascinating. Judge Jesus so I wouldn't have to be judged. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I got peace with God. There are no issues with me and God in terms of future judgment. I'm not worried about it at all. I don't always have the peace of God, but I have peace with God. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How can you get better than that? 2 Corinthians 5.21 is one of my favorite, favorite verses in all the Bible. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In John chapter 5, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Catch this verse. Say it with me. Come on, everybody say it. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isn't that tremendous? Man, what a different view you have after you're saved. I remember it like it was yesterday, 19 years old. I received Christ, and that night I laid my head on the pillow, and I didn't worry if I didn't wake up here. I knew where I was headed. And I've laid my head on the pillow every night since with that same peace. I know where I'm going. Because Jesus took my punishment. And so I don't fear punishment. He took it. There will be no punishment for me. Or anybody that knows Christ. Paul put it this way. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. There's no reason for me to stay here except to continue to be a witness for Christ, to continue to minister as a pastor and love my family, my wife and family. If it's not for that, when my time is done, better by far to be there than here. I cannot give you the GPS coordinates, but there is a place. There is a real place in the heavenlies. And Jesus is there. And my grandmother is there. And my mother is there. And my friend Ed is there. It's a real place. And I'm going there can't believe it. I'm going there. And probably a lot of you. But I wonder if everybody here right now, I wonder if everybody listening and watching by modern technology we call live stream, I wonder if you're listening now. I wonder if you have that assurance. If not, he took the punishment. All you got to do is receive him. That's all you got to do. If that's you, the Holy Spirit's the one bringing that conviction. The Holy Spirit's the one drawing you to Jesus. You just pray this from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, you prayed that prayer and you were sincere. You need to tell somebody before you leave here. Seal the deal. You don't have another Christian brother or sister that you can tell. You come down and introduce yourself to one of our prayer team after the service. Say, my name is so-and-so. I prayed to receive Christ. Jesus said, you confess me before men, I'll confess you. You deny me before men, I'll deny you. Seal the deal. Go ahead and tell somebody today. Now, once you deal with the greatest fear, This ought to be the greatest fear, the fear of judgment, the fear of punishment. 
once you've dealt with that, once you have peace with God through Christ, then as a Christian, God wants to have his love made complete. That's a progressive thing. And the more his love is made complete in my life as a Christian, the less I fear. Oh, man, is this good. You know how many fears there are? There's tons of them. I mean, afraid of heights, afraid of water, afraid of being closed in small spaces. Uh, Abluthophobia. I don't know how we miss that when it's supposed to be on here. Kids sometimes have that when it's a fear of bathing. <laughs> Acoustophobia is a fear of noise. Uh, Agrusophobia is a fear of animals, wild animals. And uh, I mean, one, uh, the last one there, you know what that one is on the bottom? It's a fear of hair. And if you have a fear of hair, hang around people like me. <laughs> you know what this one is? Fear of church. You know what this one is? A fear of sermons. True. You know what this one is? Take a guess. Wild guess. Decidophobia. Fear of making decisions. <laughs> you know what this one is? Whoop. You know what that one is? That's a fear of your mother-in-law. <laughs> I had that one. Then God took her home to heaven. You know what this one is? Fear of the Pope. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, pantophobia. You know what that is? That's a fear of everything. <laughs> I'm in here a few days ago during a weekday at the office. I realized I left something on this stool right here. And so I entered through the green room and I turned the lights on the green room. And the, the way to turn the lights on in the auditorium is back here and there's not anything down here. And I, if I had a flashlight on my iPhone, I didn't know how to turn it on. So I thought, well, I know the stage well enough. And I just kind of, and it was dark. And you know how when you first go from light to dark, it's extra dark. And so I'm just kind of, easing along, you know, like this. And I finally get over and I'm reaching out and I finally, I feel the stool. I, what, is, what I needed was on there and I grabbed it and then I go to leave. Well, I got the exit sign. So I thought that'd be wise. Just go to the exit signs. And I go down this aisle right here and I got about halfway down that aisle. True story. I'm being totally, totally truthful. I felt like somebody was behind me. I looked around and it's like I almost saw this form and I didn't run, but I started walking pretty fast. And there's still times I'm 56-year-old grown man in a dark room, and I, my, my heart started to beat a little extra. I was afraid. I almost said, Mama. You ever have those dreams where a monster's chasing you, and you're like running in quicksand, and hopefully you wake up before he gets you? Or you're falling, and, and hopefully you wake up just before you hit? Listen to this. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. That's why Jesus says, don't deny me before men, all right? Now, hang with me the last few minutes. Exodus chapter 14. Just going to read a couple of verses. The context of these verses, the children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt by applying the blood of the lamb. So it's a testimony, a picture of our salvation experience. Delivered from Egypt, that's the world, by the blood of the lamb. And the first place they end up God leading him is the Red Sea. They get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army all of a sudden are there after them. Verse 10, Exodus 14, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. Here's what God said, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Hardest time to stand still is when the Egyptian army is coming at you. And yet that's what God said. Don't be afraid. Just stand there. Deuteronomy 20, before Israel would go out to war, the priest would come and he'd stand before all the army and he would say, you may be going up more numerable, against more numerable army and, and more powerful army, but don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid. Because the Lord fights for you. Don't be afraid. I love Deuteronomy chapter 31. Listen to this one. This one talking about when the nations come against you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. Joshua, one more. Joshua, chapter 1. God says it to Joshua repeatedly. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I thought of some of the others, some of the characters in the Bible that needed the love of God to be made complete in them. I love the story of Gideon. Gideon, you know, who had the doubts, is God really going to defeat the Midianites, especially after his army went down from 32,000 to 10,000 to 300. And to go 300 guys against an innumerable army of Midianites. And one of the things God did to try to encourage Gideon and faith, he says, go down into the Midianite camp and listen to what they're saying. And if you're afraid to go by yourself, take your servant Pura with you. You know what the next verse is? So Gideon took his servant Pura and went down into the camp of the Midianites. He's afraid. King Saul never had the love of God made complete in him. He never went from fear to faith. Early on in his kingship, 1 Samuel chapter 17, when Goliath is out there day after day cursing the God of Israel, mocking the Israelites, challenging them, send your best guy out. And it says King Saul and his men were quaking with fear. You fast forward to 1 Samuel 28, years later, Against the Philistines at Mount Gilboa, it says the same thing. Saul and his men were quaking with fear. He never moved from fear to faith. Never had the love of God made complete in him. David was certainly a, certainly a hero of the faith. I mean, even as a young lad, he's the one that went out and faced Goliath, and God slew Goliath by faith. David's the one that wrote Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David wrote a lot of psalms about faith over fear. But let me point out, if you're not aware, and even if you're aware, let's be reminded, David didn't just wake up one day and all of a sudden have faith over fear. It was a progression. Let me read you. And he had challenges. After facing Goliath, he had challenges with fear. 1 Samuel chapter 21. Let me read it. It's obvious if I read it. Just listen. That day David fled from Saul and went to Asius, king of Gath, because Saul's trying to kill him. Asius, king of Gath. That's where Goliath came from, Gath. But the servants of Asius said to him, Isn't this David, the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul is slain his thousands, and David is tens of thousands. Verse 12 is very 
important. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid. Interesting situations in the life of the disciples. Jesus is in the boat with them. Storm comes up. Jesus is asleep. Remember the story? Disciples wake him and say, Master, don't you care that we're going to perish? He gets up, wakes up, speaks to the wind, speaks to the waves. Says their hearts were hardened. They had not understood about the loaves. What does that mean? Just before this experience, he had multiplied bread and fish and fed thousands. Their hearts were hard. They didn't understand about the loaves. What does that mean? You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about the storms. I'll take care of you. I love you. Another situation, Mark's gospel is the most interesting to me because Jesus goes up to a mountainside to pray. The disciples, he says, get into the boat, go on, I'll meet you on the other side. He's on the mountainside. Mark's the only one that specifically says he saw them. Storm comes up. He saw them from the mountain, and they're straining in the storm. And then Mark's the only one that says he comes walking on the water, and get this, it says he would have passed by them. Why would he have passed by them? Just leave them in that situation because he wants them to learn to trust him when they don't see him, when he's not in the boat physically. They see him. They think he's a ghost. Oh, we're going to die. He says, don't be afraid. It's me. Peter says, if it's you, let me come to you. Get out of the boat. I'm almost done. I used to think the apostle Paul was injected with some kind of special spirit juice. Because this, I mean, this guy, you, you look, you read about his life, and you, I mean, this guy, you can't stop him. And he's he just fearless, but he did fear. Acts chapter 18, verse 1 says this, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. That's important. And at Corinth, verse 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this place. And I love the next verse. So Paul stayed for a year and a half there. I would too. He went from Athens to Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. When he came to Corinth, verse 3, chapter 2, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. He's a man just like me. He's a human being just like you. He deals with the same struggles, the same challenges, the same fears. One more. Acts chapter 27. They've been in a hurricane on this ship. 200 and some people on the ship, too, with them. Luke writes, after many days, we gave up all hope of being saved. Luke says, we thought we were going to die. And verse 23 of Acts 27, Paul says, Last night an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. And so he could say to all those men in that hurricane, guys, you don't have to worry. Don't be afraid. Jeremiah 31.3, God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. If you say this with me, I'll let you leave in a minute. If you don't say it, you got to stay. Are you ready? Come on. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? In God I trust. I will not be afraid. Do I need to point out what I've underlined there and highlighted? When? When I am afraid. Not if. One more. One more. 
Say it with me. Come on. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Thank you, Lord. We're so blessed to be able to share the Word of God with you on each new edition of The Living Word. The Living Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're a group of believers who seek to live and love just like Jesus did. We'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us as we continue to share the hope of salvation with the world. Pray that God would touch each listener with His love and open their hearts to the truth of His Word. We know the power of prayer, and we appreciate you doing this for us. Pastor Danny will continue his study in 1 John next time, so we hope you'll join us again. But in the meantime, we encourage you to read through 1 John on your own and ask the Lord to reveal who He is. People from every generation have struggled to understand who God is fully, but when you spend time in His Word, you begin to understand His heart. This is what the Apostle John understands and was so diligent to write about. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Fellowship as you dive into your relationship with Jesus. For service times, directions, and more, visit ccfstpete.church. That website once more is ccfstpete.church. With that, we've come to the end of our time with you today. Thanks for tuning in as we teach the Word to reach the world. Join Pastor Danny next time for more from 1 John right here on The Living Word.